Five to everyone. This is Schwa Wars. Hello, everyone. My name is Adam Hayes, and on this week's episode, we are going to be doing our one of our famous tier list episodes. Which, of course, if you have no idea what the hell a tier list is, shame on you. Go on YouTube because they're everywhere, or go back in the archives over at Anchor.fm/SchwaWarsPodcast, where we've done several at this point, and we're going to add one more to that listing right now, where we are going to be ranking the greatest gangster films of all time. And but what I mean, we. I mean my two guests because I'm just here to collect the audio. To do this amazing gangster list are two very knowledgeable people because not because they are actual gangsters themselves or have been to prison, but because they watch a whole lot of films. Of course, I'm talking about the phenomenal A.J. Brown. A.J., how's it going, brother? Uh, Not too bad, man. Not too bad. How about you? I am doing fantastic being able to talk with you and, of course, uh, your cohort for this episode, uh, one of the four horsemen as well, the incomparable Jordan Lloyd. Jordan, how's it going, man? I'm doing good. Forget about it. Hey. I was going to say, you guys, are, you guys are all prepped for this. I know uh, some of you guys have done your more a little bit more research, watching some of these films back. Um, I, this is going to be a very interesting episode to be able to see where you guys rank some of the greatest gangster films of all time. We're, and again, we're going to be taking 10 of the greatest gangster films uh, that they have personally selected to be able to see where they rank up between A, B, C, D, or F. And of course, they're going to be able to, see, able to decide where they go in that actual ranking. And then by the end of it, they're going to decide which one is the worst of the worst and which one is the best of the best. So I'm going to be here just to throw out the question or the movie rather before the two of them decide whether or not where they rank up on this amazing tier list as i throw my pen onto the ground (laughs) i just want to do one thing real quick you can do that but i i i I have i have a general idea on the first one like aj i think we can start this out on one that i think we can basically universally agree on that'll take the least amount of time okay i mean so do you know which one i'm going with I'm not 100% sure, but I'm sure I'm with you on the same thing. What's the, what's that? Goodfellas being an A. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. I figured yeah, as good, much. I figured that was going to take the least amount of arguing if there is going to oh, be any arguing. No, there's no argument over that. That's a, that's a, a movie for sure. Um, the Goodfellas oh, cast no. alone, like. Goodfellas is an all-time classic. It's funny. It's got a lot of great tension. That's one of the. It's one of the things that like Martin Scorsese did with those his like early mobster movies. Mm-hmm. Was he could been some like great tension? You you know what? I anybody who isn't a fan of gangster movies or or ha- doesn't really isn't really well versed in that. It it's the best movie to start out with. To be honest. Um, Gangsters or even film in general. Yeah, it's just it's a the characters, the the storyline, it it's how do I put it? It's the best made up truth. Um, I know that okay. sounds like I, an oxymoron. It does sound like an oxymoron, but I know what you're going with. It's the it, best adaptation of a true story. Exactly, it's the best made up truth. You know. Back of the Hill story, like yeah, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro is actually like really kind of fucking intimidating in that movie. He doesn't. There's there's some other ones that are on this list that he gets a little more meat on the bone. When but this particular one, he's actually really super intimidating. Yes, in Goodfellas, 
Robert uh, Robert De Niro's character was intimidating, but he was more of a like he knew the rules. He knew how to play the game. So anyone who broke those rules, he had to show he had to be intimidating. But he was a like an all around good guy if you didn't break the rules, just like anybody else. You break the rules, you have to get you have to toe the line. I don't necessarily uh, think I'd say he's a good guy. Like all the people that he pulled that heist with, like he eventually in the long run, he was like, every any single one of these people could rat me out. Oh yeah. So yeah, he, he started. Had... So he so he started whacking them. And like that's yeah. what brings in the great tension with that movie is Henry Hill throughout the movie has to always live with the be- the thought in the back of his head of a getting busted, and yeah. b when Jimmy's gonna whack me. Yeah. Like he knew it was coming at some point, but he just didn't know when. And like there's another great scene where he's, um, Henry's wife, where he tells her like, oh, there's the, there's some great dresses in this this little place down the alley over here. So like, go 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 check it out. Yeah. And she stands there for like three, it felt like three minutes, thinking like, if I walk down there, someone could put a bullet in the back of my head. And he even walks it under the under the under the street to be like, yeah, it's over there. It's like it's just yeah. over there. Go. Yeah, and like obviously was, Joe was, Pesci, Joe Pesci, and obviously Joe Pesci steals every scene he's in. Oh yeah, like he he's he like. It's funny and to see Henry. Joe Pesci the way he is in these movies, and know in real life he's such a, a nice guy. Like, you, I mean, he's like he stabbed a dude in a trunk. The guy was already in the trunk, and he stabbed him multiple times after well, he, having dinner with his mother. Like <laughs> these characters. Well, Joe is essentially the loose cannon that actually that kicks off the movie's plot. Oh, it was and like, like he played a really integral part, but he's 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 funny, he's terrifying. Like everybody will always remember that one scene, the the why am I funny scene. Oh, the, yeah, like, yeah, like, that's the you one. That's one of the main. Do I amuse you? Yeah, it's one of the main things people always remember Goodfellas for. But yeah, definitely, oh. if you're a fan of gangster movies, or if you've never seen one, or if you're a fan of film in general, definitely. Goodfellas is a classic. It's Started. an A. Yep, it's an A for sure. All right, well, there you guys go, already deciding right off the hop that Goodfellas is going to be in the A category. So like I said, um, if you haven't gone back, go listen to our other tier list as well, immediately after you listen to this episode, of course. Uh, And of course, they're going to be able to decide if they go into the A, B, C, D, or F category. So when they eventually do decide what is the best of the best, whatever joins them in this A category uh, is going to be going up against Goodfellas so far at this point. So it's going to be very interesting to see where these two are going to be uh, putting the rest of these films. Uh, I have been tasked also... Um, besides the, uh, giving the fact that this could be a spoiler alert for a lot of these different movies, well, for all the movies, cause they're probably going to go into some detail about them. Uh, even though not. they've been out for some, but for some of them, they've been out for like 50 goddamn years. So, I mean, so at that point know. it's your own. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and also my task for this one is going to be, uh, queuing up the next movie for these two to be able to debate and talk about before they eventually put it in their tier, which I'm going to do now. The next movie that we're going to be talking about is, um, quite possibly one of the most famous gangster movies of all time. In fact, later on this year, we're going to be doing a very special, uh, trash or treasure episode to see whether or not it still holds up after all these years. But I have a feeling that we're going to give a bit of a spoiler to that episode right now. Of course, I'm talking about the 50 year anniversary of the Godfather. Excellent. All right, you start this one up. <laughs> All right, so 
Godfather One. Um, it's not as good as two. No, I'm 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 gonna put it. I'm gonna put it in the C category. Now here's why. C. Ooh, I might here's fight why. you on this. <laughs> okay, go and ahead. That's your opinion. Go ahead. It was a it was a good start off movie. I always felt that Godfather one and two could be unified as one movie. Okay. Um, yes, I know it's a sequel, and that's what you know what everyone will probably harp on and say, oh, it's a sequel. Of course it could be. But I always felt with the right cutting and moving of pieces and editing, that movie could have been pushed into one. The Godfather, we of course we're not going to talk about number three, but number one and number two could have been put, put, put together and been one movie, just The Godfather, straightforward. I felt there were some parts that were drawn out that didn't need to be drawn out, um, and I felt there was parts that could have been taken out that didn't need to be in the movie. I'm not I'm not saying it was a bad movie all around. I'm just saying my personal opinion. You could move a lot of pieces around or take a lot of pieces out. I'm uh, curious. What did you think we needed should have been taken out? Or what would you have uh, taken out the chance? I I guess I would say a lot of the backstory, like a lot of the the um I guess you'd say I don't want to say backstory, I wanna say um what's that other word? Um Help me, man. I can't think of it. Can't think of the word um, for backstory. I don't know what you're. I don't know what you're going at. I don't know what you're going with here. Oh, see, like, this what? is why I should have. You talk about like down. the. Sorry, I'll cut in right now. You talk about like the middle of the movie where there's kind of like almost filler in a sense. Almost. Um. Yeah. Like almost like that. Not. Fu- oh, I can't think of the damn word. Anyways, I'm just saying for my my personal belief. Number one and number two could be unified into one movie. And okay. that's, that's going to pull a lot of people to hate me, but that's how I feel. I feel with I my, did. my, you know, experience of gangster movies and things like that. It could have been, could have been squashed into one movie. I disagree in a sense that I don't think it should be a C. I definitely don't think it should be a C. It's not as good as two. Definitely. There's a lot of moving parts in it, but like there's things that were in this one that weren't in the second one that kind of you missed. Like Marlon Brando as Vito Corleone had like oozed so much charisma when he was on screen. Like the first scene at the wedding when the people are coming in to ask him the favors and he's sitting in the chair petting the cat, which by the way, I didn't know that cat wasn't supposed to be in that scene. The cat yeah, just wandered on set, and he just picked up the cat and started petting it because he thought it would have worked, and it did. Yeah, um, yeah. Marlon Brando, you don't really tell him what to do. Like that, perf- that performance and that character is so iconic that it's not even, and it's not even in the movie that more people revere. It's not, he's not even in Godfather Two. Well, not, not, not necessarily, but that version of Vito isn't in Godfather Two. No, but that is that that character is one of the most imitated and one of the most parodied characters in culture when it comes oh, to yeah. like gangster stuff. For sure. For sure. This one, was, and that one 
And that one, too, you also, in the first one, you also get to see more of how cold and calculating Michael is. Yep. Yep. Like, it's interesting, too, how you have, like, different aspects of the family, like Michael's the cold, calculating businessman. Sonny's the hothead, but he's the, he's the, uh, oh, how am I trying to put this? He's the charismatic hothead. He's kind of like the Joe Pesci of The Godfather. And like, by yeah. the way, The Godfather did what Game of Thrones did, took took and made famous so many years later of killing characters that you like. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like Sonny was Sonny was the original character that got killed because everybody liked him. Um, the different aspects of the family that kind of got lost because the family kind of got thinned out at the end of the first one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Some things that were kind of missing in the second one. So, like, I don't. But again, the story in two is more engaging. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts in the set in the first one with like the drug war with like the families wanting to go into the drug business and the Corleones don't want to. So they're resisting. So that starts to cause like some of the other families to try to take them down and usurp power from veto. That to me is interesting. The story in the second one is a little more interesting because it's more personal, but I don't think it should be a C. I think it should be a B. And that's fine. That's that's your opinion. And don't worry, I will rectify the situation afterwards. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, okay, then you know, okay. What are you, so what, what are you gonna put a hit on him or something? What do you mean by rectify the situation? <laughs> no, I. You'll understand. You'll understand why. It's just that's where right, I believe. So it's at true. this point, so at this point, you guys are saying C and B. Normally, there'd be a tiebreaker in this, and this is why we usually do multiple people when it comes to the tier list. So then you if, guys got to be able to decide that. Is it gonna go in the B or the C category? Then if you're not gonna budge, you're not gonna budge on this at all. Uh, no. No. Well, I'll say, I'll I as a whole percentage wise, I do believe there are some B level moments. I guess you'd say, but as a whole, for me, it's C. Oh my god, I don't agree with that. <laughs> That's fine, and you don't have to agree with it. But we have to. That's the rules. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, I mean, at this point, you guys are not deciding that it's going to be the best of the best or the worst of the worst. Let's be honest. So okay, at this point, you can kind fair. of just stick it where and it would be. Then to tentatively move on, I will put it in C, even though I'm putting it in C under protest. <laughs> All right, that's fine. You can protest and you can send a hit out for him later, I guess, if that's the case. Um, all right, so there you go. The uh, The iconic Godfather, one of the two movies that people think about when it comes to mobster movies rank number c uh in our tier list uh thanks to aj mostly and uh begrudgingly jordan the fact that i don't think that's the right decision but whatever (laughs) i mean a lot of people are not going to think you're the right decision for putting it not in a but again that's just here nor there Uh, that's between you guys this is your list so uh next up on the list though when it comes to gangster films of course that what we are doing is ranking the greatest uh gangster films of all time in a tier list scenario uh we're going to be going to the year of 2006 with an american epic crime thriller starring people like leonardo dicaprio matt damon and of course jack nicholson of course i'm talking about the departed okay this is something a lot of people will know will learn here this this is a movie that aj and i insult each other with and we quote on a daily regular basis (laughs) oh man of all the fucking movies but go ahead (laughs) 
there's so many good quotable lines and insults in this, like the cranberry juice thing. <laughs> oh my god! You on your period? My wife drinks cranberry, cranberry juice. juice is like, you on you your on period? Your... <laughs> okay, oh, so man. I'll start this one. Coke more coke with your jerk off cousin. <laughs> The Irish mob, I think, is just a little more funny than the Italian mob. They are. They are. Um, I'll start this one off. I will probably would have to say. I'd say B. I agree. I would I agree. say B. I don't think it's an it's not an A. It's not one of the all time classics, but it's it's good. It's memorable. It's engaging. It has a very simple but yet complicated story of two rats on either side trying to figure out who the other one is. And it has a lot of good twists through it, too. It does. It does have a lot of good twists. I mean, we're trying not to ruin a lot of these things for Adam if he ever tries to actually want to watch these movies. (laughs) So we won't go into some of those things. But yeah, it's a it's a simple yet engaging story with good characters. And actually, in a way, it really humanizes people who do undercover work. Because, uh-huh. like, I that, think a lot of those, a lot of those people don't really get a lot of the credit they deserve. Like these those undercover police officers like have to basically spend every minute of every day with criminals. Like they and who knows what they have to do in order to actually get enough evidence to like get a conviction out of somebody. So like that this movie explores that about like how much that can weigh on someone's psyche that you're basically sitting having drinks with a career criminal who's murdered dozens of people and you can't do anything about it and you can't say anything because if you do, you could blow your cover and then you're dead. Like that was one of the more that was one of the more interesting aspects of this. So, like, because of that, and I mean, like, Jack Nicholson is fantastic. And I, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure that was one of his, like, last major roles, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I the cast know. was what? It was Mark Wahlberg. Leonardo oh, it was an embarrassment, Caprio, of, an embarrassment of Damon. with a cast. Oh, uh, yeah. Martin, just, Mark Cheney. Alec Baldwin. Yeah, Alec Baldwin. I think Vera Farmiga was in there, too. Yeah, it was... It, it was an all-around good movie because you saw both sides of the coin. Um, like Jordan said, you saw the undercover aspect. You saw the gangster aspect. Um, and the the dialogue was good. I mean – Oh, it was snappy. It was witty. It popped. Yeah, it, like, was, it was – Mark Wahlberg has some of the best lines in the movie, and that's literally how people from Boston talk to each other. Oh, yeah. Like it's just – it. it <laughs> It's. I've always said that writing the, the writing of movies is a huge thing. You know, it can either make or break a movie, and this movie just kind of came like it just it just fit everything fit. There wasn't really any bad aspect to it. Um, now, like Jordan said, it was an all around good movie. You know. And it's still for me, it's still going to be a B. Like I'm going to keep it in the B category. But I mean, Jordan pretty much summed it up in you know less, uh, more words than than you know than less, right? But for me, definitely a B. Jack Nicholson was the he was the funniest boss 
I've ever I've ever like seen in a movie. Like he wasn't your standard typical. I you know uh, I own you know I'm basically the the shit and you piss me off I kill you. like he was there was like really good funny moments and it was dark humor kind of yeah you almost kind of felt like he's crazy like he's like he there's something going on that that you know it was almost like he had been a, a boss for so long but that you like kind of was like but you I'm but you like I can do what I want but you liked him in a sense like if you made you feel for a murderer. Like it made you like a murder. It made you like the murderer. For for me, it was like he'd say something horrible, but it would come off the cuff like a like a joke, and you'd laugh. And then you're like, wait a minute, I shouldn't what? be laughing. <laughs> yeah, he yelled at one of the the his henchmen about doing screwing up, and it made me laugh because he threw a joke in there, and I was like. That was really funny. And then I thought, wait a minute. He just had somebody killed. Like, it's not funny. It was just, it was one of those things that like, if I didn't, if you didn't laugh, he'd kill you. And it was his, his comic twist to being a boss was just so good. The one liners, the quick wit. It was, it was not something, it's not something you would have seen. He wasn't a Vito Corleone type. He was, he was not not even close, not even close. But yeah, I'll say B. For All sure. right, so you guys are both in agreement then, um, after you know fondling over that movie <laughs> for the last several minutes, that it actually, even though it's great, is in the B category. So there well, see, you go. If, so that means if you, if you wouldn't be a jerk and let us have an S, it would have been an A. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there you go. The Departed automatically then go into the B category. Uh, we're going to be moving on into our next film. That came out in 1987, featuring the likes of Kevin Costner and Robert De Niro, talking about the story of, of course, um, Al Capone uh, coming to justice during the Prohibition era. I am talking about The Untouchables. All right, go ahead. You can can start this one. I mean, so basically, the movie is about Al Capone and his power. He's been around for a while. A lot of people know him. Um, the city brings in a detective played by Kevin Costner. It, it, with yeah, the, the detectives with the Treasury Department who are trying yeah. to figure out a way to bring down Al Capone. They can never get enough evidence on him, but then they figure out they can get him on tax evasion. So <laughs> Which is absolutely hilarious. With all the because people anybody knows, they got him on taxes. Yeah, <laughs> because anybody knows the story about Al Capone knows that tax evasion was a minor nuance to his enterprise. Um, I mean, you know, he was, he, people admired him, people feared him, you know, it was, Al Capone's story is, is legendary. Here's the Um, thing, The Untouchables is not about Al Capone. No, it's not about Al Capone. He's in it. Um, he doesn't get a lot to do in it. But he's in no. it. He's like the shadow that looms large over the movie for whatever little screen time he's in. It's about these group. It's about the group of guys that they bring in, and they're used to take. They're used to take down Al Capone for tax evasion. I mean, and you can see as the movie goes on, and you 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 watch these characters, especially Kevin Costner. You can literally they they basically start the movie off as lack of a better term golden boys and you can see each one of them start 
cracking and breaking down. And well, I mean, what the, essentially what the what this movie is about, which makes is was what makes it interesting, is how far would you be willing to cross the line to bring someone to justice? So far that you would you cross the line so far that you would become just like them? Exactly. To bring down the person that you're trying to bring down, would you become the person you're trying to bring down to bring them down? Because those guys cross some lines in that movie. They murder people. Like everybody yeah. remembers the famous scene about the guy that goes off the roof of the building at the end because he's the guy holding up the trial. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody on there's the famous scene in the train, the, in the, the train, was the train station or was it a subway station? I think it was a train sure. station. Train station. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with the shootout with the baby carriage in the train station. Great scene. Um, that was the one that uh, that was uh, there was a scene in there too. Sean Connery shot a dead guy, right? To prove his point, he shot the dead guy to try to scare somebody into talking. The guy didn't know he was already dead. Yeah. So he put the yeah. gun in the dead guy's mouth and then pulled the trigger. Again, crossing a line. Would you be willing to do that, right? Because back then. Harming a dead body was a huge no-no. It was it was frowned upon in that still year. Now, <laughs> like it's, it's, that's a lot that didn't change. Like you still can't tamper with dead bodies. <laughs> no, it was it was at that okay the the era that they were shooting in not not when it was released. Okay, but we're getting hold on. Hold on. In, we're getting a little too far off topic here. Okay, what we got to do. So if I'm going to rank this, I don't think this is on the same level as a Goodfellas. No. God, in between. God, I don't, to me, I don't think it's on the same level as The Departed. Me, I would put this in C. Yeah. It's not a D. It's not, it's not, it's not bad that it's so bad that it's a D. It's not even bad, but it's not good enough to stand up with, the, with what's in A and B, at least so far to me. I would put it as nope. a C. I I agree with you. C is definitely definitely the one. All right, so we're C. All right, well there you go. <laughs> so there you go. As you guys have already decided that in the C category, the Untouchables is in the same level as the Godfather. No no, no 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 no. He he decided. And, and, and that that's what you guys have decided as a unit as a team that the Godfather is in the same level as the untouchables in the C category. I just want to throw that out there. So everyone in the universe is just well aware. Um, and just so that, he threatened me. <laughs> he, threatened, he threatened you, did he? Uh, and the departed is still in the B category. And the only movie so far in the A category uh, would be Goodfellas. So we're going to be moving on to our fifth film of 10. Uh, I did mention Godfather off the top. Let's go to Francis Ford Coppola's other movie, which was part two of the Godfather with Al Pacino, Robert Duvall, Diane Keaton, Robert De Niro. I feel like De Niro is just going to be a, like a, a common thread for a lot of these movies. Pretty so that's just what I'm saying. Uh, but be that as it may, gentlemen, Godfather Part Two. You talked a tiny bit about it earlier. Uh, what say you? Where does it rank up? Where does it go? Okay, so this, when you analyze this, it's you, what you really have is two stories. You have story A, and you have story B. So story B obviously is the direct continuation to the Godfather in the present day story. A 
is the backstory of Vito, how he rose to power in New York and where he came from and how he became who he was. That stuff was some of my favorite stuff in The Godfather Part 2. That's when they brought Robert De Niro in to play young Marlon Brando, because obviously Marlon Brando, I think, had passed away at that point, or he just didn't want to come back. I think he passed away at that point. I'm not sure. No, he was still alive. He just They just didn't need him back. Um, of the two stories, I'd still say that this, that story B was the more engaging story, because like it's Michael carrying on for his father after he passed away in the first one. And it gets more personal, because you have to deal now with family betrayal. That he didn't that, that had never happened in the first one. Like Fredo is his the, the the other surviving brother betrays him. And he has to figure out what he's gonna do with Fredo. Like, do you take out your own brother? Like, do you forgive him? Like the whole rule of the mob is you never you never you never go against your own family. So like that to me was the more was the more compelling, interesting stuff about like what does a mob boss do when his own brother betrays him? So like that was the more heavy, weighty, emotional stuff. And again, Al Pacino killed it in that. Especially like definitely he killed it in the second one. Like the cold calculating like restrained rage that you see behind those eyes when he finds out that Fredo betrayed him, but also the heartbreak. Yeah. Like being so, being so hurt that someone in his own family, his own brother could do that to him. For sure. For sure. Because they held that, that they held, they hold family at a high, high regard and standard. That's the main rule is you don't go against family. And he went against family and, he burned the boss like you don't but like do legitimately that. though like the rule is you never go against the family but the family could be deemed just as the crime family but this was literally going against your own family yeah yeah his own brother turned on him yeah yeah sure. the, weakest, the weakest brother through circumstances of the first one of the first movie found a way to try to weasel his way into somebody else's good graces so i don't know just a more personal more engaging story and also a more interesting deep dive into one of the better characters of the first one to me makes this the superior of the two, which is why I would put this as an a to me. The Godfather two is one of the best movies in general of all time, along with Goodfellas. I would put this as an a, I will agree with that. I was going to say that anyways, huh? Adam, you're up. Well, no, I, I didn't know if uh, AJ was going to elaborate a little bit more with that nope, or not. He, but... he hit that on the nail with all of that. All right, so there you go. So, so far, uh, The Godfather Part 2, um, which has quite its own um, its own fans, I should say. Like, a lot of people love The Godfathers just, like, in general, the franchise. But I feel like there are those people where it's either Godfather Part 1 godfather part two you know what i mean so like and clearly you guys are on the godfather part two bandwagon because you guys have put it to number or letter a rather of the tier list uh going alongside the goodfellas so that should be an interesting war later on in the episode so that should be a whole lot of fun uh next movie that we're going to be talking about debuted 
uh, in cinematic formation uh, back in, I believe that was 19. Oh, God, I just literally had the numbers here. 1984. There it is. 1984. Uh, of course, once again, starring Robert De Niro, but this time joined by Joe Pesci, James Woods, uh, Elizabeth McGovern. We are talking about Once Upon a Time in America. Okay, so this one, I had actually just watched this recently. I just rewatched it, so it was fresh in my mind. So this one is a typical tale. Well, I wouldn't say typical. Well, I guess maybe it is typical because it's been done. This version of the story has been done before. Of like, it, it's it examines a rise of a gangster's power, like to power in like the gangland era of like the prohibition times in New York, and through certain circumstances. He has to flee. And then later on in his life, when he's older, he has to come back and basically confront his past of the decisions he made that led to certain things happening. It's not as engaging as The Godfather. I mean, like the, this, it's one of, it's basically one of those, one of those Odyssey stories. Like I liked Odyssey stories where it follows a person's life from like point A to point B. But this one just wasn't as engaging as like something like The Godfather or as like a Goodfellas. I would probably say it's got great actors in it. It's also got some really weird things that if you're not used to seeing it, it will probably be very off-putting. Like minors having sex. <laughs> like it's very it's very strange to see that. And when if you see it, you would know that they would never nothing like that would ever make it into film now. Um, I would probably say I'm I'm leaning between C and D. I'm I'm going with C. C? Yeah, I'm gonna say C. It. I would probably say C. For me, too. I feel the same. Like I felt, I feel the same. Felt the same way that you did watching it. It was, it wasn't captive. Like it's captivating. It was just. It it was a good story, and I think they at that time they were trying to go a different direction with that kind of like movie, like that gangster style movie. And you're right, there were some things that people are probably gonna ooh, you know. It's very. It's also very long. It's about oh yeah, very. It's almost four hours long. Now the Godfathers are also very long, but to me, they're if you can have an engaging story, yeah, it can make a long movie breeze by a lot quicker. Yeah. This one I really didn't feel that way. This one I, it felt long. Like it probably yeah. you cut out probably at least an hour out of time out of, out oh, of yeah. the time. Oh yeah, for sure. That's why I'm saying C. All right. So you guys are both in agreement then for C. Correct. Yes. All right. Well, there you go. So once upon a time in America does go into the C category again. Joining with that movie is so far The Untouchables and The Godfather Part One. Just want to continue to say that part out loud just so that way jordan can grow a little bit more gray hair as time goes on every time i say that uh <laughs> our next movie that we're going to be discussing though is from the year 1997 uh this time this, um starring uh someone that it was mentioned previously in the godfather part two as al pacino but this time starring alongside johnny depp in the movie donnie brasco all right you could start this one I know you're very high on this one, so you could start this one. Um, I'm like 
anyone who knows me knows I'm a, I'm a Johnny Depp fan. Um, so to see him as his character, Don the jeweler, um, also undercover FBI agent. Um, for me, it was, it made me appreciate Johnny Depp even more. Um, I think it, I think this movie was, uh, caught me off guard with his acting. And I mean, you know, cause everyone knows him from all, you know, what's eating Gilbert grape, Edward Scissorhands, very kind of, um, off the, like oddball kind of movie, like characters. So when he teamed up with, you know, um, uh, Al Pacino, I mean, come on, the legend, um, it was, it was good. It was, it was a nice, refreshing look on, you know, Johnny Depp's style of acting. Um, this movie isn't about your, you know, is kind of about your low ranking, um, mob guy like mafia like he was he you think al pacino when you hear al pacino you think okay he's you know he's going to be high ranking you know he's going to be you know in the fancy suits and the 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 high-end jewelry and you know but in this case he wasn't he was kind of on the outs with a lot of the different guys in the families and he brought in don you know don and didn't realize he was an fbi agent and, you know, there was that aspect. There was the aspect of, you know, like in the other movies, was how far are you willing to go for this job? You know, how far, like, with the characters in Untouchables and, you know, the characters in The Departed and, you know, being an undercover agent, it was how far are you willing to go to get what you need? And it was, there were certain points in the movie that, where you looked at his character and was like, he likes this life. He enjoys this lifestyle, you know? So as you watch the movie, you kind of get two dynamic stories. You, you get the FBI agent trying to do his job, but also wondering, you know, enjoying the life that he's living, you know, doing these kind of things. And then you've got the story of Al Pacino's character. Who's, you know, on the outs with a lot of these guys and is trying to get respect and trying to get, you know, in good with these guys. And they just kind of like pick on him. And, and, you know, he also has the thing in his mind of, of like getting out and doing his own thing. And it's just, for me, I enjoy this move movie. I can watch this movie a bunch of times over and over again. It's just, it's just an all around good movie and the actors in it are are perfect for it so so where's it going for me i'm gonna put it in the category of a okay (laughs) so going off of what you said it does exist like it does have a bit of like it does have like a splash of what the untouchables goes into and also has a splash of what the departed goes into where the departed was and it was a deep dive into like what being an undercover cop could be does for the man's psyche this one was more so what being an undercover agent does to that man's family psyche yeah 
about not knowing where her, but a wife not knowing where her husband is and not knowing when he's ever going to come home and being missing three, four weeks at a time, coming yeah. back to get a jacket and then walking back out. Oh yeah, for sure. I would, <clears throat> I wouldn't necessarily say that he enjoyed that lifestyle. Oh, he enjoyed I, it. He he was starting to like it. Uh, he, I wouldn't say he enjoyed it. I think he was starting to like it. What I think more so was he was starting to like the guy he was hanging around with. Oh, well, yeah, they became best friends. Like he spent so much time with Lefty that he became, he, he, he became important to him. Yeah. He, he literally, he became like a best friend. He left his family on, he left his family to go for a call to go to the, uh, the hospital when his son was in the hospital. Yep. For sure. He chose, another, he chose to go visit another man's kid over spending time with his own. And and that's the thing is, it, well, and I mean, the I, guy's name, Lefty. That's not a, like, hey, Lefty. Like, that's that's a. But, but honestly, let me really ask you this. So you look at what's an A. Yeah. The Godfather Part 2. Yeah. Goodfellas. Do you really think that this is in the same level as the Godfather Part 2 and Goodfellas? Well, it's it's definitely in the A category. You know, I'd probably say more on the A minus category, but it is on the A minus end. But it is on the A level for me. Now, I'd be willing to. I don't think so. Drop I think it, it into the B category. I don't think it. I think it's a B. I don't think like it's a great. It's a great movie. I don't think it's on the same level as what's an A. Okay, well that's fine. I'd be willing to drop it into the B category. Wow, he he caved on that pretty quick. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry, because I'm okay with that. You hype this thing like the second fucking coming, and then I think it's a B. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I I no, really, really, no. Looking at what's an A, do you really believe that should be an A? For me, I could see it being on the lower totem pole of A. It can be in the A category, but I could definitely see it being an A minus. But that's why I'm willing, because there are other movies on this list, and I have opinions of those, and I'm willing to push that down to A. If you're willing to accept my C rating for um, – Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not. But oh, <laughs> okay. Well, that's fine. I'm willing, I'm willing to be cordial and put it in the B category. All right, so you guys are putting so far, as we said just previously, Donnie Brasco – is going to be in the B category. That means it is joining the departed. Yes. See, but I don't like that though. I feel he's just doing that to appease me. <laughs> he, doesn't believe, he doesn't actually believe that. And that's, that is why that's why I think it's also too, because you got to think about it because at the end of the day, we're going to be deciding what the top of the A list category. And I think AJ knows as much as he loves that film, you guys aren't going to agree that it's the best of the best. Especially when you have Godfather 2 and you have Goodfellas in there. One more thing I will say, though, about about Donnie Brasco before we move on very quickly. I found it very enjoyable that the movie basically was like a how to be a gangster 101 class. Yeah. Like they taught like I found it ironic, too, that a gangster was teaching an FBI agent without knowing he was an FBI agent how to be a gangster. That's right. Like the difference between phrases of like a friend of mine and a friend of ours, how to carry your money in a roll, not in a wallet. What the yeah, word being money means in, when you, it regards you, to money. Yep. Yeah. You keep you keep uh, you keep your money in a in a roll in a wad or a roll, 
and keep a beaner around it. Which is a hundred dollar bill. If nobody knew that, I didn't know that until I saw yeah. the movie. It's a hundred dollar bill. All right, so there because you go. You guys have decided then, as a group, that Donnie Brasco is gonna go in the B category. Our next film that we're gonna be talking about came out in 1995. Uh, has a lot of amazing actors and actresses in this uh, particular film. Uh, Martin Scorsese directed Robert De Niro, Sharon Stone, and Joe Pesci in this uh, ultimate uh, cult classic, Casino. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We used to, you're very happy about this. Go ahead. Kick, kick it off. Oh, it, it's it's uh it's an A for me on this one. This one is an A. Um, it's just as good as Goodfellas. Um, Ooh, I don't know if I'd say I don't know if I'd say that. I will fight you on this one. It's just I as good as Goodfellas. I think it's an A. I I would probably say it. I would I'd probably say it's an A too. But I don't think it's just as good as Goodfellas. It's an A for its own merits. I feel it's it's as good as Goodfellas. Um, I think you're like wrong. I, <laughs> here, that's fine, and you can think I'm wrong okay. all you want. That's okay, fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you have Robert De Niro, Martin Scorsese. I mean, these two get together and they make movie magic. Like. Yeah. From beginning to end, Martin Scorsese got, has Martin Scorsese has two guys. He's got Leonardo DiCaprio and he's got Robert De Niro. Yeah. Well, don't forget Al Pacino and all that. Um, but we'll get to that after. But when you watch this movie, you, I don't know. It's for me. I get I get excited to watch this movie because it's like. You know, you see these characters on TV and you see the story and you're like, oh, man, like the, the appeal, the 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 style of it, you know, the storyline of everything. It's like definitely, you want to be part of that. Has, you, it, it definitely has a style. I'll give you that. It, it definitely oh, has a very unique style. It Yeah, it totally does. I mean, it, you have. Oh, I, I totally forgot to mention about Joe Pesci being in this, too. Um This was the best. This was like Goodfellas and the ways it was the best way to to adapt. Uh, it was the best way to adapt a movie. Um, Be very careful. But, You're about to say the same thing you said about Goodfellas. <laughs> it was. And I am going to say the same thing because, again, it was another it's another true story about Vegas and Mafia. The best. They're both even keeled to me because. Oh, now for, he's now he's backing now he's now he's copping out. That no he's copping out. To me, yeah, they're they're the same. Like I just I it's hard to explain. Like I'd have to like have both of them going. It's just the the story. Right, the story of Casino basically is a guy who gets to run a casino but through the mob like through the mob i mean he starts as a, say, you, you could you you just undershot that story real fast it's a guy who runs a casino <laughs> well i'm sold you know, I get spoilers away man i could i could talk this whole movie right out right now you know you got 
you've got drama, you've got um, you've got Robert De Niro. Like I said, I, I don't want to give too much away, but I mean, and and also there's a bit of a love story in here. If if you watch it, there's a bit of a love story in in Casino. You you have Robert De Niro's character meet this girl, and this girl is basically doesn't care for him. But Robert De Niro falls head over heels for this girl, willing to give her everything under the sun, jewels, gold, money, whatever she wants. He has one rule, one rule, and that rule is so pivotal to him. It's just all he literally wants is honesty. Just be honest. Because all he does deals with on a regular basis basis is dishonest people who are trying to basically get him. And all he wants from her is honesty. And, you know, you find out about a con boyfriend and, and you find out they're trying to, he, they're trying to work him and, it's just for me, all in all, all right, it's so, it's just like Goodfellas, but a different. Yeah. So piece. so all right. So pretty much you're going with A for this one. It's in the same category as the ones that you mentioned prior with uh, Goodfellas and Godfather Part Two. Jordan, you uh, sound like you disagree. No, I agree. It's an A. I don't think it's as good as Goodfellas. I agree it's an A, but it's an A for its own merits. It's a different type of story. Like Robert De Niro doesn't play a gangster. He plays uh, an associate of the of a gangster, and through those through that association, he's given a casino to run, which at the time was legitimately what the mob was doing. They were funneling money out of Vegas. The mob basically owned Vegas at that time. So they were funneling money out of the casinos to fund their operations back in uh, New York and where they were operating. I wouldn't say it's a love story because it definitely was not reciprocated through <laughs> the whole movie. Robert De Niro gets a little bit more meat on the bone in this one than, than he does in, say, in Goodfellas. Like, some of the some of the arguments that they get in are actually very, like, quite dramatically gripping to watch. Um, Joe Pesci steals the show, again. He plays a similar type of guy that he does in Goodfellas, but he's a little more three-dimensional, I'd say, in this one, as opposed to Goodfellas. Yeah, it's definitely an A for its own merits. I love the, again. I love the Odyssey stories. I love the Odyssey stories that follow a guy from point A to point B. So because of that, then you're both are agreeing. Then it's going to go in the A category. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. Uh, so there you go. Casino then joins uh, Godfather Part Two and Goodfellas in the top A category of our tier list here, a part of Schwal Wars, which of course go back in the archives over at Anchor.fm slash Wars Podcast to hear more tier lists. Um, that are just as heated. This is just debated. And uh, we're going to be moving on to our second last film. This one was a Netflix exclusive coming out in the year 2019. Once again, De Niro, Pacino, Pesci, all the usual suspects in this film uh, and was a surprise hit for a lot of people. It is The Irishman. I'll start this one. I was super excited for this when they announced it because Joe Pesci had been retired for a very long time. This is going to be his first comeback movie. Well, actually, his only comeback movie, because I don't think he's making it anymore. Uh, they were getting back all the usual suspects that Martin Scorsese had worked with. They were going to do some crazy de-aging techniques to like de-age these guys like 30, 40 years for them to play their younger selves. 
I definitely think it worked. Did I think it needed to be three hours? I don't know. Like you could probably have done the same story, but just cut a little bit of the meat off the bone and it still would have worked. It definitely worked for me. Al Pacino is a scene stealer in it. I mean, Joe Pesci plays a different type of character in this one, which was a, a kind of refreshing to see. He wasn't the loose cannon, hot headed guy that you would seen him play in all these other ones. He actually didn't want to come back if he was going to play that character. So he gets to do something different, which is which was refreshing. Al Pacino playing um, uh, uh, Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, Jimmy Hoffa, Jimmy Hoffa, the head of the union at the time, the Teamsters. He steals the show. Some things with the de-aging to me were kind of very, they were very clear to see that they were 80-year-old men doing things that uh, were supposed to be being done by 35-year-old men. So sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. I'd probably say a B for this one. I'd say B. All right, Jordan says B. AJ, what say you? Hmm. Uh, what was the other what's the next movie again the last one what do you mean uh, what's the other movie in the list I can't remember well you're jumping the, the gun here if I do that there's the Irishman and then Scarface okay uh, I'm gonna go I want to put this in A column um, for myself uh, just because of who's in it, um, you know, you you have the, the such a dynamic cast. I mean, like Jordan said, you know, this movie brought Joe Pesci out of retirement. Um, I was very excited to hear about this movie. I waited a good couple years for this movie, um, and to me, it didn't disappoint. It had all the good. Um, it had a bunch of new faces. And, you know, the classic old faces, you know, literally and metaphorically. Um, but for me, I'm going to go with an A. Um, I've always been a fan of Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino. And, you know, the fact that they got them all on one screen was was brilliant. And I've always enjoyed that t- style of, of mobster movies, you know. And so I'm going to I'm just going to say a hey, Jordan covered a lot of it. Um, I wouldn't change any anything of that movie. Um, you know, yes, I wish it was made when they were a little bit younger, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't really cut anything off of that movie. Um, I think it was worth the three hours that it was. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to say a for me. Well, it looks like you guys are going to have a conversation real quick and uh, see where this one's going to line up because uh, one of you says B, one of you says A. One of you's got to give. I don't think it's an A. I, I don't. Like, I, the, I, like, it's a fantastic movie, but again, I don't think it's on the same level as what's already an A. I just, I. And that's like, that's what, fine. What, like, what's an A or all time classics? The Irishman, while it could be a classic in the future, I don't think it's an all-time classic. Not yet. Well, no, not yet, because it's not old enough to be an all-time classic. But I'm looking at it as storyline. I look at it as characters. Uh, 
basically they they took an older like an older story and they took the same kind of you know things they did in like goodfellas and casino and they they modernized it yeah okay they came out with new technology that may or may not have worked um you know but for me it was it was like seeing casino or goodfellas for the first time again and it I don't know. It just I really enjoyed that movie. So for me, I'm gonna stick with an A. Fine. <laughs> for the sake of time, fine. <laughs> You're, the next I one unmute myself right there. Punch. I was gonna say, well, as I unmute myself right there, uh, a little bit of discrepancy once again between the two of you, but as a unit, you have now it agreed. That the Irishman belongs in the A category, sitting alongside The Godfather Part Two. Um, what else did I say? Casino and Goodfellas. So I'm sure a lot of people are still scratching their heads. A lot of people are probably cheering. It all depends on how you felt about this movie. But when it comes to the next film, it is possibly one of the most polarizing films in all of gangster movie history. Uh, when I sit off the top, The Godfather, the first one, is one of the most popular films. Usually that one B. Or some 1A, depending on who you talk to, is usually this film that comes right behind it. It is Al Pacino's Scarface. Okay, so now, is it fair to say... Actually, Adam, get in on this one with us. Is it? Is it? I am not allowed to have an opinion, because apparently I don't know shit about no. gangster films. But you I know, you're not, you know, it's not about having an opinion, but like, would it not be fair to say oh. that most people will remember, or what most people remember Scarface for is the last 20 minutes? Mm, I mean, I mean, I'm not the right person to ask this question. I'm sure a lot of people are probably like, no, fuck you. It's great for every nine second reason because of the film's great. I personally, if I'm asking my personal opinion on the film, I am not a big fan of Scarface. I think the last 20 minutes sure are fun, but like as an actual movie, if I'm sitting with both of them in my hand between Godfather and Scarface, I am throwing Scarface out the window every time and putting in Godfather. That's just me personally. Um, but yeah, I can see why you would say the last 20 minutes are usually the most memorable, but go ahead. No, like, yeah, I was just asking, like, would it not be fair to say that, like, for most people, what they will always remember from Scarface is not the first hour and a half. It's the last 20 minutes. Like, that's what people quote. That's what people have tattoos of on their bodies. Like, that's, that's that last 20 minutes. Has what's made that movie stand the test of time. I mean, there's some other good stuff in it. I mean, there's some actual, some of the violence in that movie was actually very, like, visceral for even that time. Like, the chainsaw scene in the bathtub. It was over the top. Like, that was fucked up. <laughs> like, for that time, like, that was violence you really didn't see a lot of at that time. Um, it's definitely not an A. I wouldn't put it in B. I think it's a C. If anything, I might even say D. I'd say C or D. I'm leaning more towards C. I think I'd go with C. And it's not a D. It's it's not it's definitely it doesn't deserve to be a D. I'd I'd go C. I was gonna put it in the B category, but if you're gonna put it in the C, I'll jump on that bandwagon. I don't think it's a B. I don't think Scarface is a B. Again, it's it's an entertaining watch. I can watch Scarface from start to finish, 
But do I think it's as good as what's in B and A? I I don't think so. Yeah, no, I'm I. I well, agree you just with you. get a whole lot less viewers. I'm just saying right now, based on that sentence, and I I agree. Personally, for for the record, again, my opinion don't matter, but I agree. But yeah, that's a good what way to kill, me, like a, kill the podcast. Go you want me to say what a lot of people want me to want to say? Uh, duh, whatever gets me the most views. <laughs> Why is that not gonna, anyways, what's gonna go ahead, a, go ahead, AJ. What's your opinion? Uh, I agree with Jordan. I was gonna put it in a lower in, in B, but if he's gonna put it in C, I'll jump on that bandwagon for sure. I'm I'm more of Italian mob mafia than I am of like Cuban. That's Cuban fair. Mafia, that was, like Scarface was like the Cuban the Cuban like drug dealing side of stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say C. I mean, there's some funny things in Scar. Like Scarface has a lot of funny moments. It also has a lot of weird moments too. Like the weird yeah. sexual attraction he starts getting to his sister that he doesn't that he doesn't that's want good. anybody else to touch her or like be around her. Like that's strange. Um, but like it's got some funny things. If anything, it has some also unintentionally funny things. Like when he buries his head in like the giant mountain of cocaine that's on his yeah. desk. He just like slams just, his head right what? down. Um, some of the one-liners he has are funny, but like again, as a whole, as an entire movie, I don't think it's on the same level as what's an A and B. All right, well, again, once again, uh, you guys have now decided that Scarface, Al Pacino's probably most iconic role in his entire career, is a C. No, it and so, it uh, No, I was going to say that's a. Uh, very, it makes this list very interesting because A, it shows the caliber of the movies that are being talked about, but also B, it's showing like the diversity of like what you guys actually find is really entertaining. And just because something is iconic doesn't mean that it technically lives up to the standard of being the greatest of all time. So that's kind of just a really interesting point that I wanted to point out there. So, gentlemen, you have uh, successfully done all 10 movies. Uh, not one of them is in the D category. Not one of them is in the F category. Your lowest category is C. So let's uh, just take a quick that's... look right now. Uh, when it comes to your C category, you are going to be deciding what is the lowest of the low. I don't want what the best of the best of the C category. No one gives a two rot- flying fucks. We want to know what the worst of the worst of these four movies are. All right. So Godfather Part One, The Untouchables, Once Upon a Time in America, and Scarface. It's definitely Once Upon a Time in America. I would watch. I would watch the other three a million times over than I would probably watch Once Upon a Time in America. It just didn't click. It just didn't click that much for me. AJ? Yep, I agree. I was going to say that before he even said it. All right. Well, that was simple enough then, I suppose. Um, So there you go. Uh, Once Upon a Time in America, I guess, is the C minus of the group when it comes to the top 10 uh, movies that you have selected for the greatest gangster films of all time here at this tier list for Schwal Wars. But now, here comes the real fight. What is the best of the best? The A category. Four movies made to the top. By the way, the two movies that made it into the B category uh, were The Departed and Donnie Brasco. So, like I said, those two are obviously off the table. They're in their own little mid-card world, shall we say, for all of our wrestling fans out there. But when it comes to the A team, the A category, these four films, you got to decide... What is the best of the best? Goodfellas, Godfather Part 2, 
Casino, The Irishman. Jordan? Have fun. (laughs) I'm going with Goodfellas. I will concur with that one for sure. I'm going with... Motherfuckers! I built that up like a good fight that was about to happen. You're all like, I think it's this. I agree. Fuck. It goes. For me, me, this is how it goes. Goodfellas, Casino, Irishman, and what was the other one? Uh, Godfather Part 2. Godfather Godfather Part 2. Yeah, it goes Goodfellas, Casino, Irishman, Godfather Part 2. That's how I lay out my A's. Okay, well, let me ex- let me explain my reasoning. So my reasoning is Goodfellas, again, it's got great characters, got great snappy dialogue. It's got a good story that's not too complicated to follow. And it hits the sweet spot, too, with, like, time. Like, there are some movies up there that are, like, three hours. There's two, there are two and a half hours, almost three hours. Not to say that those ones aren't great, but, like, it's a breezy, it, it's a breezy easy story to to dive into with Goodfellas. And like, for me, that's, I mean, like that's why it's the, it's the best watch out of all of them. Yep. I mean, the beginning, the beginning movie, like the first time Ray, Ray, you hear Ray Liotta's voice, he basically says what everyone was thinking or is thinking or will be thinking at the end of the movie. I mean, it's he got says, one of the most iconic says, of all time. Ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to be a gangster. That's it. That's the line. And everyone's thought about that. Everyone has. What would it be like to be a gangster? And, and once I you mean, get that, you know the kind of ride you're in for. Yeah. He's not going to, it's not going to be one of those, oh, I have a tough time deciding. No, he's, he's like, no, I'm, you know, the first chance he gets, he's, you know, it's that whole, that whole, that literally that line sums it up for the entire movie. And for me, it's, it's always going to be good fellas. Somebody asked me what, you know, if somebody was to say to me, Hey, can you recommend a movie for me? And somebody was like, I'm looking for something that's, you know, uh, fun, not fun, sorry, but like an action, an action movie and something that you can just enjoy watching. I'll say good fellas. Or somebody's like, oh man, I've never seen a uh, mob movie. What what movie should I watch first? Goodfellas. You know, I mean, it's it for me, it's always going to be Goodfellas. I mean, that's it's, okay. It's, you know, I love Casino and I love uh, The Irishman, but the first gangster movie I ever saw was Goodfellas, and I was like, I'm hooked. I mean, my God, it's it's in the National Film Registry. Like it was selected for yeah. preservation in the National Film Registry. Like, yeah. not every movie gets that. No. So, for me, All right. top of the line. Yeah, I'm sorry. I guess you thought that was going to be more of a fight, but I guess it didn't end up being Well, it. I did. I'll be, I'll be completely honest with you, just based on the fact that you spent, like, 15 goddamn minutes talking about the wonders of Godfather Part 2. And then I kind of assumed that it would be a fight between the two of those, but nope. Great content. Love it. Perfect. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, fuck you, bye, as Jim Cornette would say. Uh, So, gentlemen, you guys have decided. You guys have done it. Uh, You have taken the 10 greatest uh, gangster films of all time, uh, put them in this tier list, and have decided that the best of the best is, of course, Goodfellas. The worst of the worst is Once Upon a Time in America. 
Uh, of course, there were a lot of other films that did not make the list. Of course, you know, you have your Carlito's Way, you have your Pulp Fiction, stuff like that. Uh, but of course, those did not make the list. If you would like to know why, please feel free to message these people over on Facebook. Their socials will be added. Uh, I would normally at this point say, where can we find you on social media? Both of them are going to give me the same answer of, we don't fucking use our social media. So I'm just not going to do that. So instead... <laughs> I'm going to plug what's going to be on the podcast instead. Uh, of <laughs> course, last week on the episode, or sorry, last week on the episode, last week on the podcast, rather, uh, we had our ama- amazing discussion that we had with old school Eddington James and Gentleman Jeff, uh, the hashtag bitter club, as they like to call themselves. Uh, and we just discussed all things pro wrestling on Deterio Independent. Uh, we made some friends. We buried a lot of other people. It was a whole lot of fun. So definitely go back in the archives, check that out next week on the podcast. It is one year in the making, and I am very, very excited to do this all over again with these two because, quite frankly, they are hilarious to be able to have the two of them on together as a podcast. As Jeff T. Smith, formerly known as Kyle Davenport, is going to be joining up with Straight Talk Wrestling's George McKay as those two will have to, once again, just like last year, take the AEW roster and decide whether they'd re-sign them or release them. So, of course, last year the roster has changed a little bit. A lot more people have come. Not a lot of people have been released, but it's going to be very interesting to see where these two, once again, or maybe they've even changed their minds on based uh, a couple of these people. Who knows? So definitely check that out in the archives. Or sorry, not in the archives, but of course happening next week over at anchor.fm slash podcast. And of course, at the very end of the month, our last Thursday of the month, we are going to be doing our top five series where we're going to be taking the greatest Royal Rumble moments of all time and giving our personal top five picks. That should be a whole lot of fun since we are, of course, on Rumble Road, which means we are on also the road for WrestleMania. Till then, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Adam Hayes. This is for AJ and Jordan, uh, who did not give you great content at the end. Thank you very much, and we'll catch you on the next one.